the faint breeze. Reggie didn't doubt that he knew it. She threw back her shoulders, raised her head, and asked, Do I get to be curious, too? It's not as if you're an ordinary sort of fellow. Oh, said Colin, his voice dropping and taking on a caressing tone. I'd be glad to gratify any curiosity you're having, I'm sure. Years had passed since Reggie had left the schoolroom, and she'd run with a bohemian crowd in the meantime. She'd heard her share of suggestive comments. Most of the time, she didn't even blush. When warmth spread across her face as Colin spoke, it was due to the uncomfortable knowledge that other parts of her body were responding as well. She crossed her arms over her chest and cursed the thin fabric of her shirt. I should have expected that, she said, trying to sound world-weary. She really should have, too, except, well, he was a friend of Edmund's, and many of them weren't very interested in women. Reggie, of course, wasn't supposed to know about such things, but there were many things she wasn't supposed to know about, and yet there was very little of the world with which she wasn't familiar by now. So she'd thought, anyhow. She was revising that opinion at full speed. I didn't even know your sort enjoyed young women, she said, by way of firing a further shot across his bow. At least not in any way but dinner. Myth and fable, I assure you, said Colin. He shrugged. Oh, there's a villain in every family if you look hard enough. A great-great-great-uncle might have breakfasted on the occasional peasant— and I believe an ancestor on my grandfather's side swallowed up most of a Russian regiment, but that was the spoils of war. I wouldn't dream of eating anything with a mind. Besides, it's hard enough to get a cook who won't spoil beef. That's a weight off my mind, said Reggie, laughing despite herself. Glad to oblige. And speaking of minds, what exactly do you do— if you don't read them. I get impressions, thoughts, memories sometimes. I don't do it on purpose, and I can't control it very well. It's more like being shouted at than reading. Sounds unpleasant, Colin said with a refreshingly matter-of-fact sympathy. Do either of your parents have the same power? I'm sure I'd have noticed by now if Edmund had. Are you? Reggie asked but she didn't wait for an answer. Gentlemen did take off their gloves to shake hands. She didn't want to think there was anything more involved, not when Colin had been flirting with her a minute ago. But no, he doesn't. Neither does anyone living in the family, as far as I've ever been able to tell. Mater's grandfather was supposed to have been odd, but she wouldn't ever give me details, and Uncle Lewis went a sort of puce colour when I asked him. That's a bad habit. Doubtless highly destructive to all sorts of circulatory systems and limbic whatnot. You shouldn't encourage him in it. I try not to encourage that side of the family in anything much. They're the sort that need sitting at regular intervals. But it was when I first started to read people, she said, and I was, well, curious. What about you? great-great-grandfathers and so on aside. 
While I'd quite like to believe myself unique in many ways, Colin said, smiling, my powers aren't one of them. Not that England is festooned with dragons, you understand, but there are a few of us, even as late as my generation. Perhaps there are more than that, only the blood runs too thin for them to change shapes. Talents like mine, and yours, do generally pass on down the family line. You would say that, wouldn't you? Colin blinked at her, satisfyingly surprised by the change in direction. How do you mean? I do pay some attention when Pater talks. You're a lord's son, aren't you? Memories from finishing school were always at her fingertips somehow, even when more practical things slipped her mind. The Honourable Colin McAllister? As a matter of formality, yes, he said, and his eyes glinted silver.